Welcome back, everybody, to the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Turpin, joined here, as always, by my good friend, Alex Jaworski. Alex, great day of football yesterday on the basketball front, as us Celtics fans here, not so great. And we'll start there with our first No. Segment. Yeah, I mean, the green teamers. Yeah, it was a fun run. I'm uh, going to try and lock in to be less of a bandwagon and more of a uh, – Devout fan. I, I feel like I'm a fair weather Celtics fan through and through every season, especially playoffs. I'm definitely on the bandwagon, but I learned a lot about the Celtics team throughout the bubble. And uh, I don't know if things have to change necessarily, but the way they played uh, was very similar of how they played throughout the bubble. And they need to change whatever that was. Yeah, I mean, again, they jump out to another lead, and they blow it. I mean, at one point, they were up eight in the fourth quarter and still couldn't hold on to win it. In a meaningful game six, obviously, they couldn't do it. Uh, they just continued that trend they've been playing on the whole bubble. And especially, they, it looked like they figured out how to play that zone, how to beat that zone that the Heat were offering up to them. Heat were going a lot smaller throughout the game. Uh, Cantor was actually showing up and making plays, getting offensive boards, and Things of that nature, but I, it's just they went back to what they the bad habits of throwing up those hopeless threes, and that's what ultimately lost in the game. That that eight point lead went to uh, you know ten point ten zero Miami run. Yeah, I mean, I you got it right on the head with the pointless threes. I mean, some of those shots where they they have still a couple seconds left on the shot clock. Why are we stepping back and taking a three up eight? I'd like attack, try to draw a foul. Um, and like I, like I said on the last show, you know when. When Tatum, Brown, Smart, and Kemba all score, the Celtics typically win. Well, they all finished over 20 points, and the Celtics still lost. I, I mean, they they put up 100, however, 110, however many points, how much of garbage time it actually was. Jalen getting a few layups at the end of the game, a couple threes. But I don't know, man. The zone ultimately was their downfall, and in which I thought the Celtics were the number one, and I preach it on this team – the Celtics were the number one small ball team in the bubble right next to Houston. I think you got to give the crown to Miami now by default. I mean, they, they out, outplayed the Celtics, number one small ball team next to the Rockets, but they, they, out, they beat them at their own game. I mean, granted, they went to the zone and wreaked habit from there, but Miami small ball outplayed guys like Hayward, guys like Kemba, guys like Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. And I don't think Miami has the talent near anywhere near the Celtics do, but shows you what a little bit of grit, a little bit of heart, and, and zone defense does to a team that hasn't been pressured like that the whole bubble. I disagree with the talent part. Um, I think the Celtics absolutely have talent uh, equal to, if not better, than the Miami Heat. Uh, they did. Oh, I, I, I definitely think that. The Celtics have a, are a better skilled, better, ta- a more talented team than the Miami Heat. That was my point. So, with the Celtics, is you know what the thing is with them is they did everything we could have asked them for, and they just couldn't do it. They literally could not finish it out. They did everything that people have been preaching, but they couldn't hold the lead, and they couldn't d up. They started to beat the zone, then they couldn't stop them on defense. And the Celtics have been one of the, if not the, best defensive teams in the league and in the bubble. And they just could not stop the Miami Heat. I mean, they, the ultimate downfall of all of this, and this has been a problem ever since Kevin Garnett has left, and I've said this 
like a broken record on this podcast. They don't have a big. They need to go out and get a big. Ennis Cantor's not going to do it. Danny Tice isn't going to do it. You know, Robert Williams, I don't think he he'll do minutes. it. I don't think he's there yet either. I mean, he, he, he started to show up and play when Brad gave him the time, but obviously too little too late, clearly. I don't think he's there yet. Grant Williams is uh, – he's still got time. He's great so, defensive. I mean, in, in the meantime, they need a big that can get, get those boards. I mean, Cantor did a good job, but he, he's not going to be – he's not something like, you know, Mitchell Robertson. He's not somebody like DeAndre Jordan. He's not somebody like Anthony Davis. He's not somebody like, uh, you know, I, Bam. He didn't, Bam, I mean, coming alive, finally coming into the spotlight here. So, I mean, the Celtics have had this problem for years. Ever since KG left, they haven't had a big. And they can't seem to draft one either. They, they, they can't. They, it doesn't make sense to me is where they drafted. We have Marcus Smart. Going into the season, Marcus Smart is coming off the bench. Looking at it was Gordon Hayward, uh, Kemba, uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Ennis Cantor, Daniel Tice, whatever it was at the beginning of the season, whatever people thought it was going to be. Marcus Smart is coming off the bench in that rotation, and the Celtics seem to love Brad Wanamaker. So it bobbles my mind as to why they went out and picked Tremont Waters, Romeo Langford, and Carson Edwards. Why are we picking three guards when we have three already? Especially with Marcus Smart, he's a starter on most teams. And they love using Brad Watermaker. He comes off the bench and gives – he plays a lot of minutes. Not that he gives much production, but he plays a lot of minutes. Yeah, he, he fits the Celtics schemes. I mean, they got him at a good price. He did his job this year. I don't know – what will happen next year? I, I can't imagine he'll sign on for the same amount of money. He probably want more, and another team will probably get him to it unless he goes back to the uh, the CBA or wherever he was playing prior. But I don't know. They go three guards. They see a lot of potential in them. I mean, I don't think any of those guards during the year from the draft from their draft class really blew me away, whether it be Langford, Tremont Waters, or. I, no. I just, I just, they, they haven't, they didn't do anything that, uh, you know, a rookie class would do. I mean, if you look at, look at Tyler Hero, look at guys early, you know, guys getting into their pro career like Duncan Robinson on the Heat. You look at guys like, uh, I know they're higher talented, higher touted talent, Luca, guys like Trey Young. I mean, they make an immediate impact. Granted, you know, they're, they're lower round picks. They don't have as much talent. Well, that's the, Celtics lower round, the Celtics' lower-round picks have made big differences. Marcus Smart, he was a lower-round pick. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Their lower picks have made a difference. But it seems to me that anytime they draft outside of the top 10, they really get no production out of the person, whoever they draft, whoever it may be. Outside of their top 10 draft picks, that's it. That's all they can draft. Yep. The rest of the – you know what? If you're drafted out, outside of the top 10 and you're – on the Boston Celtics, you're going to play in Maine. Mm-hmm. You're even going to live in Massachusetts. You're going to Maine. <laughs> right away. <laughs> not like, for real though, like why do we draft all of these, these three point guards when we're not going to, or guards in general, we're not going to use them when you already have three in the system. We needed a big man. I don't know why they didn't do it. And that's what they need to get this year. Is like you said, that's why we're on this topic right now is that they need to get a big man. And his Cantor and Daniel Tice aren't going to cut it. I mean, even if they went to the finals, who was going to guard Anthony Davis? Nobody. 
Nobody can even guard <laughs> LeBron. I mean, Tatum can help him. He definitely helps out, but nobody could stop LeBron and nobody could stop Anthony Davis. Nobody on that Celtics team can or would have. And, you know, even if them beating the Lakers was a long shot, you know, everyone knows this is the Lakers' year with what happened to Kobe, LeBron, and AD. This is the Lakers' year. But it's just frustrating because the Celtics have now been to the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the last four years and have yet to make the finals. And, and if anything, this would have been the year. I mean, the Miami the, Heat on paper. I mean, come Miami on. Miami Heat. Come really, on. Really, they're getting balled, by, balled on by a rookie in Tyler Harrell. I mean, he got hot, man. All, all, all respect to him. He No, no he just credit to what Tyler Hero did. Like, he played great. But that is a rookie. And they're sitting in a zone in the Eastern Conference Finals. Am I the only one that's a little confused by that? No, you're definitely not the only one. I, I'm still – I don't know how they pissed that series away. I really don't. I mean, just think, is this a different series if Bam doesn't block Tatum? Uh, yeah. I mean, if the go, Celtics win game one? I mean, they go up one They go up one zip. I mean, it, it, it's pretty self-explanatory there. They, right. would, they would be – they'd be sitting in, in a good spot right now. And we talked about it. We laid out all the hypotheticals on the last show about what would have happened, what, what could have – what could they have done right – what could what happened? Why why were they in this position? We went through all those last shows. There's no no need to run through again. But this was the Celtics. They had so many opportunities. They lost this because of missed opportunities and just I, I don't even the missed opportunities and stupidity. That's what it came down to. And I honestly, mean, one the big the one big takeaway in the whole series has to be besides the zone a three the three pointers. They're not a three point they're not a three point scoring team. I mean, there, go to the basket, foul, go to the line. Or, you know, drive, mid-range. They're not three-point. I mean, granted, Tatum could put the three. Browns get the three. Smart. They can all put it in, the but they the play better going to the hole. Exactly. The one that can really pull the three is Kemba. And he's hurt. I mean, I don't... I don't only a matter of days only until matter, we find out. Yeah, only a matter of time until... Oh, uh, Kemba Walker. Uh... Knee injury. Knee surgery. Yeah. So we'll have to see. But at the end of the day, the biggest takeaway out of all this is we need a big. But the other biggest takeaway is, thank God we did not pick Dragon Bender. (laughs) I agree. I mean, I I agree with both of those. Yeah, I mean, and there's no secret. (laughs) Yeah, no secret. So So, uh, we won't keep harping on the Celtics here. We'll get to uh, a little bit better better action, especially for us uh, New England fans in the NFL yesterday. Uh, definitely a better week in the NFL injury-wise as there wasn't as many torn ACLs uh, as there was in week two, which is, which is obviously a, a bonus. But uh, man, my betting tickets were pretty close. Almost <laughs> only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Do you know why they're all, do you know why they lost? Well, for one, in one of them, I know you took the Giants, which was a no. I didn't. I didn't take the Giants in any of them. Which was I a just bonehead I, move. I just took those on our pick. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I saw on Twitter that somebody put. I was telling you before the show, somebody put five hundred thousand dollars on Daniel Jones to go over. I think two forty nine and a half passing yards. I think he finished with like one fifty, and then they bet five hundred thousand on the Giants 
with the spread to win. So that's a million down the drain. That's tough. Hopefully on they, the Giants. Hopefully, how you gonna put a, I don't know. I don't how know you gonna how put you a million on the Giants? That's I, just like like as banged up as the Niners are. Like, uh, my guys. Uh, yes, I picked the Giants to win this in our picks, as because the my Niners were banged up. But I wouldn't put a dollar on that game. Never mind a million. Five hundred thousand and on a Danny Dimes two hundred. I mean, the fact that he couldn't get two hundred and thirty whatever yards. I mean, that's that's against terrible. a banged up 49ers defense. That's terrible. Banged up, and they could. I mean, I feel bad for that guy. I a would million too. dollars. I mean, I mean, what's what's going through your head though? A million dollars, and you're putting five hundred thousand each on the Giants. I hope like, he. I hope that wasn't like his life savings. I, yeah, because I, I, that's just that's not a good uh, that's not a good money management move, uh, especially on the Giants. Like, why wouldn't like? I know we call it passive income. But that's not passive income. That's no, that's stupidity. Stupidity. That's not passive income. What we do is passive income. You know, for those of you that don't know the definition of passive income, passive income is money that takes little or no effort to maintain. So pretty much, you pick winning teams. You just put the money in. That's it. They win for you. You win money. Easy to maintain. Takes no effort. That's what we do. Whatever that was. That's stupidity. That is not passive income. No, certainly is not. They must have been his first rodeo. It had to have been. Oh, yeah, you don't no put that, You don't put that type of money on the Giants. Nope. Especially with their offense has not gotten the ball rolling at all this year whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I said, when you had brought up all those points, and I guess we'll start pushing this segment along because we got a couple games to go through. Uh, you said 49ers are banged up. Giants can get it done. I said their whole the Giants' whole offense is through Saquon Barkley. He did not start this season at all. He did not start as in like he didn't get things going for the offense. One, and now that he's out, they have no offense. Sure enough, nine points. That's what you get. He, he might have passed the line of scrimmage maybe three times in the two games. I think he went for a positive yardage maybe three times, and one of them was like a sixty-yard catch and run. If you're talking handoffs, I think he would pass the line of scrimmage three times maybe. Didn't he finish with like negative eight against Pittsburgh or something? I don't, I don't know, eight? but thank God James Conner came around after that game. Whew. Yeah, you were, we were texting that night. You were, you were scared. You were like, "Why did I draft this guy? Why did I draft this guy?" You, were, Benny Snell, was getting in your dreams. He was in your nightmares. Yeah, thank God. But uh, anyway, Giants. Is anybody shocked? Joe Judge. Uh oh. The guy didn't even wear a headset. Uh oh. Next one, next uh, next game here. This one surprised me a little bit. Not because of the final score, but because of how they got there. Buffalo Bills, LA, uh, LA Rams. Buffalo Bills win 35-32, but they blew a 28-3 lead at home. Now, if us New England fans know anything about a 28-3 lead, we know how hard it is to come back. But we do know that you have to win after you come back 28-3. And all the L.A. fans that think, oh, that Pat, the P.I., that, was, oh, that wasn't right. Uh, I mean, he had contact with him far away from the line of scrimmage. Thank God Josh Allen has such a high QB IQ, I guess, or passer IQ, to get the ref to know that the, he was interfered with. That was a clear – I don't – I mean, that was a clear pass interference. Absolutely. You cannot – you cannot not call that. 
that's all in the Rams, though. Remember, they had a third and 16, third and 15, and Cole Beasley was just sat in the middle of the field. Just sat. There was four Rams around him. Nobody was even close to him, though. Nope. I, I don't know what kind of zone that was. but that, So third and 15, they convert. Right. So the, blame it on the P.I., you let them convert a third and 15. And yeah. Josh Allen was under pressure. Yeah, I mean, that, it's like when they threw the ball to Beasley, everybody just watched it go in and was chess. Right, they just walked, and then he just scampered over for a first down. Cole Beasley, man, he always loves to hang around. Five, six, six, five or six catches for hundred yards, even. I mean, that's Cole Beasley, man. And Jer- uh, Jared Goff, I mean, he looks good in the looks. He was nowhere to be found in the first half, and then starts looking good in the second. But I mean, if you're gonna come back all that way down twenty-eight to three, you gotta close up the game, like you said. Yeah, I mean, you can't take stupid penalties like that at the end of the game for one, two, you have to finish. Right. Now, this is another uh, – I don't know if I told you about this. this is another bet I saw on Twitter that somebody put 250000 uh, $250, on Josh Allen to win the MVP. Uh, those had to be pretty good odds. I mean, anytime you pick an MVP winner, uh, you got the positive odds. But uh, Josh Allen, he's definitely a dark horse. I think especially – now he jumps Kyler Murray as a dark dark horse for now. Granted, we're only in week th- we're only through three weeks here. Um, if this was way too early, I mean, Kyler Murray threw four interceptions yesterday and lost to the Detroit Lions at home. Josh Allen, yes, they blew the lead, but he led a, a great comeback drive at the end of the game. Um, ultimately, throwing a touchdown with what full couple seconds left. Yeah, um, fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds left, and they end up winning the game. So. I mean, if, if there's any dark horse MVP, I don't know if I'd look at Kyler Murray. What about what about the guy uh, over in Buffalo, Josh Allen? Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough no matter what. You got obviously Russell Wilson uh, making a pretty steady case there for the old MVP. And I guess that's a good segue into that game. Russell Wilson, back-to-back games with five touchdowns. Yeah. Well, he threw six yesterday. DK just wanted to taunt a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I had a steady lead in fantasy anyway, so that didn't that touchdown really didn't kill me. But I mean, the, you can't hot dog it. We all know. And uh, Javon Diggs, I think it is for the yep. cow, for the uh, Cowboys. There, I mean, a terrific play. Punched it right out of the back of the end zone. Dallas hung around with Seattle. Um, if there's any, so Seattle's offense does not seem to be the problem at all. Obviously, when Russell Wilson is thrown five touchdowns in back-to-back games, um, obviously the front runner by a landslide right now for the MVP. Again, we're through three weeks, but through three, he's the front runner by a landslide. The thing is, if if you're a Seahawks fan though, you're looking at this as you know, they only beat Dallas by seven. It comes down to the wire. Obviously, the New England Patriots game comes down to the final play. So it's their defense. Like, is their defense – is it going to be enough? You know, they're, they're obviously Super Bowl contenders. But is their defense enough to win them? Well, I mean, as you, I'm sure, you know, their secondary still banged up. Jamal Adams getting taken out of the game with a groin injury. I'm sure there's still some lingering injuries from uh, the New England game for their secondary especially. So I think their defense will start to tighten up. It has, you know, it's just like any other team. As soon as, you know, they start to get deeper into the season, hopefully they can get healthier, obviously. But 
I think that they can tighten up, but as as long as Russ is there to drive him down the field for a 35, 40 yard passing touchdown, I think they'll be all right. And this is kind of similar to like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, where that defense it it was good last year, but it wasn't great. You know, they still let up a lot of points. So it it could look at it like that. But Russell Wilson, I mean, yesterday he finishes with 315 yards and five touchdowns, no picks. Technically six touchdowns if you want to look at it that way. He threw the touchdown. DK just didn't bring it in. So um, five touchdowns. He looked lights out again yesterday. And who did they get this week? They've got the Dolphins this week. So uh, look out. They might have to. They might just have to rest them. They might just put in whoever the backup. Uh, who who was the back? I don't know who the backup is. I don't even know. Uh, but might as well just rest them, right? Dolphins. Hey, the Dolphins Dolph- are hot. Coming off, coming a, big off win. a big win against uh, Jacksonville on Thursday night. Sure are. But uh, yeah, Russ, man, let Russ cook. So next one here, Titans and Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings drop to zero and three on the year, and then the Tennessee Titans go to three and zero. The tight, the Vikings actually were up a decent margin at one point in this game, but uh, just got outscored in the, the second half. Um, I, I think they, at halftime they led up. They, they were up seventeen to nine. The Vikings had plenty of chances. Um, Kirk Cousins, I, I don't know what he's been up to. He has not looked good. No, but in which Dalvin Cook made up for it. A uh, nice 180-yard game. Did have a fumble, but did rush for a touchdown. But, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if you remember, but I called out two guys on this podcast and didn't really – and mentioned them by name and didn't really know what they were up to. One of these gentlemen were Justin Jefferson. And while I highly doubt he even may know what this podcast contains, he uh, – he showed up. Yeah, absolutely. Nine targets, seven receptions, and 170 yards. I and mean, he actually had a 71-yard touchdown where he put on some little uh, dance moves on his way into the end zone. He looked good yesterday. And obviously, he's going to have to step up. With Minnesota, you know, they have Thielen, and they had Diggs. They had Thielen and Diggs the last two, three years, um, both really consistent. And now you lose that. It, it's He needs somebody who has to step up and fill that Diggs role. And that's I mean, you take Justin Jefferson in the first round, um, makes you think that that's who they believe can do it. And he, he sure uh, he sure showed some showed some glimpses. I mean, he's got some speed. Route running looked great. And uh, yeah, I called him out. Sure enough, he. What'd you out. say about him again? Refresh my mind. I said. Uh, I can't remember exactly what I said, but something along the lines of I don't know what he's been up to. And uh, I forgot to mention uh, Darrell Henderson for the Rams, too, had another uh, had 100-plus rushing game. So, uh, certainly, both the guys I called out on this podcast showed up. So, so you're looking like Tony Romo. Yeah, I mean, practically. <laughs> I, I foresee the future. So, next game here, Bengals at Eagles. They finish in the 23-23 to tie. Carson Wentz, again, third straight game of multiple interceptions. Um, Jalen Hurts, you got to be getting a little excited. I, I mean, I don't know if I can put this whole game on Wentz for a W. He certainly did not help. Uh, Ginger Jesus is uh, certainly not as once we thought who we thought he was, but 
Doug Peterson putting the ball away off of the false start in the last play of the game or last possession by the Eagles. Yep. That's I mean, just throwing in the towel. I don't know how you don't have them just kick the field goal or let it try. I mean, this is somebody – I mean, Jake Elliott has made a 62-yard field goal. I don't know what another two yards is exactly. So, why not just try and win the game? I don't know what Peterson was looking at. His book is called uh, – I forget what his book was called. It's called Reckless or something, but I don't know why he didn't quite go for it. That wasn't really being reckless. He just kind of that was conservative, conservative if anything. So, and uh, the Eagles can be grateful that there was no fans at Lincoln Financial Field yesterday. Oh yeah, there would have been batteries being thrown around everywhere. You name it, anything would have been thrown. I think the hot dog guy might have been thrown. Not just the hot dogs; they might have thrown the, the guy selling them. The actual, they get crazy yeah. over it. Yeah, they yeah. get cry- crazy over it. I mean, after the Super Bowl, they were eating horse shit out of the street. Yeah, that's so, pretty, pretty wild, pretty nutty. <laughs> uh, does, it, does, it, <laughs> does it get any? Does it get any? Uh, any worse? Like eating shit out of the street after winning a Super Bowl? I mean, I, that's not how I would celebrate. But I don't know if that's how you would celebrate. I mean, Philly people, man, they're built different. Uh, look at the process. I'm not. I don't no need to get into that, but I'm very grateful that there was no fans at Lincoln Financial Field yesterday because there would have been some. Uh, there would have been a, uh, maybe a civil war in Philly between uh, the Eagles and and the the fan base. City of brotherly love, baby. Yeah, not much of that. Not not much of that nowadays. With the Eagles now going o two and one. Um, yeah, I mean the acquisition of Darius Slay. Uh, Joe Burrow surely slayed the Eagles secondary over 300 plus passing yards, two passing TDs. Uh, Joe Mixon only held to 40 some odd yards, but I mean, still the, uh, the re the new look Philadelphia Eagles secondary, not looking great. Uh, especially getting slashed up by a uh, rookie QB in Joe Burrow. And certainly another close, close game for the rookie there. Can't quite get his win. Cincinnati Bengals have a serious case of uh, being able to go 0-2-1 versus 2-1. What? <laughs> what do you mean, what? 0-2-1 versus 2-1? I mean, a week serious one. case? Yeah, well, they should be 1-1. One one. Oh, you should, yeah, they should be 2-1. They should one. be 2-1. Sorry my uh, English wasn't great there, but, <laughs> I mean, week one, Fat Randy missing the kick. And then, and then back forgetting here. and forgetting what uh, what leggy hurt. Yeah, that too. And then, of course, this week now, uh, even the Battle of Ohio. I mean, they I know they had the garbage time touchdown, but still, five points to a uh, a Cleveland Browns team that certainly showed up. So, poor poor Joe Burrow. Uh, speaking of poor, poor Matt Ryan and poor Dan Quinn. Uh, next game up here, the Atlanta Falcons. Fall to the Chicago Bears thirty to twenty six and blow yet another lead, up sixteen with I think nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, ESPN gave them a ninety nine percent chance to win that game going into the fourth quarter and they lost. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Nick Foles, man, he can right, beat well, a team to death. So, tell me, like, this is how my reaction was. I don't know if you saw it. I, I don't know what your reaction was, but this was me. I mean, I was watching the game and I saw. Nick Foles coming in, um, coming in, and I was like, "Oh God, they're about to blow it again." It, this is Nick Foles versus an Atlanta team that just cannot hold the uh, hold the lead. They're they're going to blow this again. Sure enough, 
Sure enough, they blow it again. And you know, that's it. The worst thing about this is that they almost had another touchdown. So, in um, Chicago had fourth and like eight, and Anthony Miller ran like a in like a post towards the towards the, like the um, the goal post, and it was a little low. And he went to the ground and hit the ground. So they called it incomplete. Atlanta got the ball back. If that's if that's a touchdown there, like Atlanta might have won by two. Uh, I mean, Chicago might have won by two possessions. I mean, instead, Matt Ryan throws an interception on the last drive of the game, and Dan Quinn still isn't on. Is still not collecting unemployment, which makes no sense to me. They're on. They're still on the Super Bowl hangover. I don't know what to say. I mean, any any time, well, twenty eight to three in a Super Bowl should have been enough. It's Tom Brady, but that that's twenty eight to three. That should have been enough, and then to lose. So then. They go the year after that, after the Super Bowl, they go to Philadelphia and lose a close one. Um, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Obviously, I think Dan Quinn coached for his job last year when um, they were like one and seven. They ended up getting hot and winning eight straight in the back of the season or something. So, I mean, this team, they have talent. And I know Julio didn't play yesterday, but Julio, Matt Ryan. Ridley, this offense is talented. Even Todd Gurley, and it might might not be the same Todd Gurley it was, but they have talent there, and they just cannot put it together, similar to the Cleveland Browns. But, I mean, if, if you're Dan Quinn, I mean, you would think that he would, like, resign before he goes to the presser. Like, you just blew the lead to Dallas last week, and now you blow this lead to the Chicago Bears. Back-to-back leads blown in the fourth quarter with uh, two possessions, a two-possession lead going in the fourth quarter. I mean, if that isn't the funniest, like, oh, my God, it's happening again. Like, if that isn't the the most comical situation of, wow, this is really happening again. I don't know what – in recent sports history, I don't know. I don't know what – I don't know what else I, you, can, I, you can put that in. I don't think there's ever been anything such like this, a team that can just manage to blow so many leads like that. And they, no, and they, they, the Atlanta Falcons are like known for blowing big leagues now. Like that's their thing. Like, oh, they're up three scores. Let's see. They'll probably lose this one. I mean, Super Bowl last year. I mean, first. I mean, week two and three now. I mean, <laughs> and something tells me this isn't the last time. Oh no, no! Like something not. tells me it's going to happen again at some point this season. No, no, it's certainly. Especially Dan Quinn. I mean, he has to be a mental midget at this point. It just it blows my mind that a team can manage to do that. It absolutely blows my mind. Well, you can't be surprised from here on in. Yeah, right. No, not, now I'm just like, I expect it. Like, if they – I expect them to, like, just go into the half with, like, a 20-point lead, uh, two touchdown, three touchdown lead, and that's it. Like, that's it. They're, they're just going to forget how to play football. Yeah, I'm <laughs> – no ifs, ands, or buts about that, that's for sure. Next up, the 3-0 Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the 0-3 Houston Texans yesterday. Um, this was a close game the whole time. Um, Deshaun Watson had a bad pick towards the end of the game. He was rolling out. He got cracked by T.J. Watt, got intercepted. Houston starting off 0-3, that is not good, uh, especially in the AFC South where you have a deal with Tennessee and Indianapolis who won yesterday, even Jacksonville. So Houston is now at the bottom of the AFC South. I mean, they're going to have to dig themselves out of a big hole here. And I think they can do it. 
I mean, it's just been a matter of them getting completely blindsided by the NFL schedule. I mean, Chiefs week one, Ravens last week. I don't think anybody thought the Steelers would be 2-0 and coming out of weeks one and two, but... Well, when you play the Giants, Giants, that could go either way. But Denver was banged up when they played them. When Denver, when Denver played Pittsburgh, they were banged up. And um, so looking at that, like preseason, you would think, oh, they're one and one. You don't know how, how big Ben was going to show up and play. He's looked good so far. Yeah, especially James Conner. Minus the Giants game. He's been very good, surprisingly. Actually, he's been good. He definitely had something to build off of last week with the uh, receiving touchdown. But this week, you know, getting up into the higher numbers for uh, rushing yards, rushing touchdown, he's he has to be good for them for their offense to go, and especially with Deont- – I think it's uh, Deontay Johnson, right? Deontay Johnson, yeah, he got a head injury yesterday. He was out for the game. So, yep. I mean, they're a little little cog in the wheel. I'm sure Clay- Curtis Claypool will get some, some time now. Chase, which he- Chase, Chase, Chase Claypool. Curtis. <laughs> Chase Claypool. I think I've been, like, notorious for, like – Completely like close first names, but just not even close first names. Yeah, I mean you but get the first letter. Chase Claypool. I mean he's looked very promising the first two games. I didn't quite see what he did yesterday. I'm sure with Johnson being out, he had a decent stat line. Hopefully, or at least a couple targets, a couple catches. But uh, certainly he'll get some time. But Pittsburgh defense, they're good. Holding. I mean the Texans to 21 points. I mean. Will Fuller kind of mossed the uh, cornerback there. But other than that, I mean, they held up pretty good. Yeah, the star of the show yesterday was for the, for the Steelers was Eric Ebron. I mean, he had a nice red zone touchdown. He had seven targets, 52 yards. Uh, I caught five of them. Um, Chase Claypool had four targets, one reception, 24 yards. So not, not, the, not the day you were quite looking for. But... No, not really. Not, <laughs> not that I really didn't know. But, <laughs> but Pittsburgh, I mean, they're – They've looked good. That defense is good. Their offense is hanging around. And um, now with the AFC North, you know, they got Cincinnati now 0-2-1. Uh, the Browns have the winning record for the first time since 2014. 2014 at 2-1. And, and now it's Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Uh, still Baltimore plays tonight, obviously, looking to go 3-0. and um, The AFC North could come close. I mean, Pittsburgh's got a good defense and – you know, this team almost snuck into the playoffs last year with a mixture of Landry Jones uh, – Landry Jones of, – um, of the Duck Hunter, Declan, Hod- Declan Hodges, whatever his name was. Devlin. Devlin and Mason Rudolph. So, now you get Big Ben back, a guy who's won two Super Bowls, been to three of them. You're looking a little different, and this defense is great. I, they, they've certainly been a shocker. Well – I mean, to some people, they've been a shocker. I'm sure Pittsburgh, they were, they were excited. They, they don't doubt that they go 3-0. But this sure was a statement game against a good team that was looking for revenge and looking for a little hope. And 0-3 Texans now need to, uh, need to find something deep down to dig them out of a hole. They need to go on a big run now to yeah. get back well, over be 500. At, they'll be at home against the 0-3 Vikings this upcoming Sunday. So, could be another chance to bounce back. And then they get Jacksonville. So, maybe two games to bounce back. Uh, you got to think, it's Bill O'Brien coaching for his job. I feel like Bill O'Brien's been coaching for his job ever since he came to Houston. And they just never fire him. No. 
Well, who he's else not, are they going to hire? I well, because he, he handles the general managing duties too. Right, but who well, else? when you give when you give DeAndre Hopkins out for a bag of chips, um, I don't know. That would have been the the draw, the fine line for me. But hey, who who else are you going to go with? You're right. That, that's you're the, that's you're the, the Houston thing Texans the NFL right now. Exactly. I I hate watching the Houston Texans. Their color scheme, their offense is boring. It's, I hate watching them. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, where are we? Next up, we got the the Browns playing. Yesterday, they played the the Washington Football Team. Chase Young goes in early with a groin injury. Cleveland holds on to win it. After Chase Young went down, this game was close up until the third quarter. Um, it was so it was it was. It was at seventeen to uh, seventeen to seven at the half, it was seventeen thirteen going to the fourth, um, and then Chase Young goes down. Cleveland scores seventeen unanswered in the fourth, and ultimately wins the game thirty four to twenty. Uh, Jawain Haskins not another, not a, not not quite the impressive start that he's needed. Um, you got to think Ron Rivera. I don't know who else they got on their bench, but are they starting to look for a quarterback change in Washington? Sure seems that way. I mean, uh, I could be a completely swing and miss here, but I think uh, someone named Alex Smith is on that bench. No, he's st- he's still injured. He's Not still out. injured. No, he's back to practice, but he's still technically out. Okay. I mean, I don't know how long they are waiting for him. I mean, he practically still could be playing on one leg, but at some point I think you're going to throw him in the mix. I mean – why not? Unless he's scared, I don't think he is. If he's actually back to practicing, but if he came back, he's not. He's not scared. I mean, you got to look here though. The Browns' defense was very good. Miles Garrett played great yesterday, and I mean, couple fumble recoveries, couple interceptions, couple defensive uh, defensive touchdown. I think was mixed in there. So something to look forward to if you're a uh, Cleveland Browns fan. Finally. Next up, Panthers at Chargers. Justin Herbert getting the start for the injured Tarod Taylor. I found that out yesterday on Red Zone that he pronounces Tarod. his name Tarod Taylor, though a lot of people call him Tyrod. He pronounces it Tarod. So the injured Tarod Taylor uh, with the collapsed lung, whatever he's got going on. Um, punctured. Punctured lung. Um, so Justin Herbert gets the start yesterday. Panthers and their losing streak uh, on the same day the Detroit Lions do to the Arizona Cardinals, but that was a, a little race they had going on there. But um, without Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore didn't really – he only really had a couple couple of nice catches. But in, uh, Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule gets his first uh, first win as a head coach. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch much of that game. wasn't much to watch. Um, not quite the eye, eye looker. No, I mean, a ton of turnovers for the Chargers. Herbert, I mean, had some flashes of promising – of promise – but just the turnovers killed the uh, killed the Chargers. Very undisciplined. Took took a lot of penalties too. So definitely can't win when you get set back with so many penalties and turn the ball over so many times. So you're uh, absolutely right. I, I think Herbert has a couple weeks here to show if he can actually throw it. I think he can. He's a solid quarterback. I think he'll have some lifetime in the league, but he's still going to show it. So we'll, we'll have to see what they do. In the coming weeks. So, I definitely wouldn't sleep. I still wouldn't sleep on the uh, Chargers. And next up, we got the Lions defeating the Cardinals, as I said just a minute ago. Uh, Cardinals, this seemed to be a lock for a lot of people. The Cardinals at home. Cardinals look great this year. Um, Detroit goes in, breaks their losing streak. Kyler Murray, three interceptions. (laughs) That'll do it. 
can't turn over the ball like that. I mean, I don't know why he tries to get in these weird scramble throws that he throws it to, you know, uh, Andy Isabella or one of his tight ends. Andy Isabella had two touchdowns yesterday. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's throwing to double coverage in the middle of field when DeAndre Hopkins is wide open every play. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins only had maybe seven catches. He had ten. 10. That's 140, 137 yards. I mean, at one point, he only had five catches for 100 and whatever yards. But I don't know why you're throwing to – I don't know why you don't throw to him 20 times a game. I really don't. He's open every play. He's got he's that gonna, talent. He's going to scramble for that first down. He's going to reach for that first down. He's going to get extra yards. He's going to get the, the RAC, the rack, as they like to say. But I don't know why you're not throwing to him more. I mean, 10 catches, yeah, that's pretty good. But he's – he's a wide receiver. And even when you, you fake it to him, or even when you pump fake it to him, you got Andy Isabella, who's got two touchdowns quietly as uh, he won that matchup in the red zone every time. But I don't know how the Arizona Cardinals lose that, lose that game. I really don't. The Dolphins, I don't either. I that, the, the Dolphins. The, the Lions, Lions stink. They stink. Kenny Galladay uh, coming back, first game of the year. Very promising, obviously. But uh, – Matt Stafford seems to hang around. I don't know what it is, but just when you think they're down, he pulls them right back up. Speaking of uh, red zone efficiency with Andy Andy Isabella, we'll talk about the Bucks Bucks Broncos game. Red zone efficiency. Mike Evans, two catches, two yards, two touchdowns. Hey, it's efficient. Talk about efficient. That is the definition of efficient. Tom Brady finishes with two hundred ninety-seven yards and three touchdowns. As for Rob Gronkowski. Seven targets. He had six receptions yesterday with 48 yards. So finally finally, see, finally seeing him. I think he had four receptions going into the game yesterday. Uh, on four, Maybe four targets on the year, four receptions maybe. Two catches. Two catches, four, two catches, four targets going into the game yesterday. Uh, finally got him involved a little bit, though. I still think he's a shell of himself. Oh, yeah. Now he's singing it's a small world after the game. I mean, oof. I don't know what's going on in his head, Ann. That's like the, the monkey with the symbols. That's what's going on in his head 24-7. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that not much to talk about with that game either. Jeff Driscoll uh, in, in a quarterback for the Broncos, and then he did not finish the game a Bron- uh, quarterback for the Broncos. They went to, like, Bryson Ripken, uh, who was 8 of 9 and threw an interception. So, Denver hurting bad with injuries. They lose Darrell Casey today um, to a pectoral injury. Uh, so, Denver just keeps getting more banged up and more banged up. Do we see the boat Thursday night? I think we do. I, I think, don't, I think I don't we know why it. not, man. We better see the boat. I don't know why not. If we see the boat Thursday night, they're about to get their first win over the Jets. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. I, I hope we see the boat. I, we need to see the boat. <laughs> I mean, he can get it done. He can still play. I don't know why they <laughs> – I don't know. Man, I want to see the boat so bad. <laughs> so the last game of the Sunday slate yesterday. Oh, wait, wait. One oh. thing I want to mention. Uh, I think the over-under was somewhere around 42. Uh, finished at 38. There were five points in the whole second half. Oh, yeah, because Shaq Barrett had a safety. Yep, and, and a and Tampa they, Bay field goal. So a game that looked like it was going way over at the at the end of the first half. Five points. Stop that. So, did you live bet the over? I did not. <laughs> I was this but was a game, I, this was tough. a game I was looking at um, 
I we were talking about it on the last show. We took we both took the Packers on the line. Uh, good good odds pick. I was thinking about taking the over too, but I was like, huh. These games have been going under, like the ones that I think. Like I'm like I'm just bad at picking over unders. Like I'm all right at picking the the, the winners. Over unders not so much. So I was thinking Packers in the over, and then Chiefs in the over. Um, would have been a good little payout because two underdogs, and you got the over unders in there too. And I didn't end up pulling the trigger. And of course, Green Bay ends up winning 37 to 20. Uh, 37 to 30. The over the over ends up hitting as they score 67 combined points. The over was 50 something. So should have went with it. Uh, Green Bay. Green Bay's looking good. Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees, he's not making a good case for himself, that's for sure. Well, yesterday he didn't play terrible. He's 29-36, 280 yards and three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara also had a big day. But um, Drew Brees, I, I don't know what's going on with these Saints. I mean, the Packers the Packers are a good team, obviously, 3-0. and uh, Rodgers has been a man on a mission. But um, – I don't know what's going on with the Saints. This is not like them. Starting off a of season one and two, uh, they're usually reg- regular season heroes. So this is uh, this is a little weird to see. Uh, I think the absence of Michael Thomas certainly does not help the Saints. It doesn't help Drew Brees as he's had to rely on Kamara, who had a fantastic little uh, screen, forty fifty some odd beast mode esque run. run. Yeah, that was awesome. A little rumble. I mean, Saints, man, one and two, not good, especially for someone that's got a TB12 on the other side. And they're but, uh, and now they've won two straight. Yeah, and they, I think, I I think that I said paper champs in a way that they weren't, they didn't blow me away the first two games. I didn't say they were not a good team, but I think they still have a lot to prove. And now the Bucks. the Buccaneers will play the Chargers this week, and the Saints will play the Lions. So, looking at that, both games, the, the NFC South team should win, but you never know this year. You really don't. You really, you really, really don't. So, finally, we'll wrap it up by this Monday Night Football tonight, a potential game of the year. It's very early, but this has a chance to be one of the games of the year. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs versus Ravens tonight. Who are you picking? I mean, I like the Chiefs as the dog. I, I, I think the Chiefs—they're just a flat out. They're they're a better team. I think they are all around. I mean, I, I don't think I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a, a, a. I definitely think it'll be a barn burner, but I think I think the Chiefs can get it. I don't see why they can't win this game. You mean you can make a case for the, for the Ravens too? But at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs are a better team. I'm going to agree with you. The Chiefs, obviously slow last week against the Chargers. Didn't really get it going until the final couple of minutes there. So I think the Chiefs bounce back tonight against a good team in Baltimore. And um, I think this game has a lot, a lot, a lot of scoring. I sure hope so. I I haven't seen the over-under yet, but uh, I can only assume that it's somewhere in the 60s. Let me check for you. Over-under is 55. Whoa, that's low. I mean, it's really one of those games where everybody thinks it's going to be uh, a barn burner, that it's think it's going to be a, a shootout. But at the end of the day, it could be like 17-10. It really yeah, could. it could. But with these two juggernaut offenses, um, obviously there's reason for people to think that this game will go way over. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't think it wouldn't go way over. Right. So that'll but, just uh, about do it for today.